the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're so glad you have chosen to join us today. In part one of this message, Pastor Randa reminds us that God commands us to assemble ourselves together to worship him. Yet, statistically, less than one-third of confessed Christians do so. Rather, they choose radio, television, the internet, podcasts, etc. to hear, learn, and grow in their walk of faith. The Universal Church is made up of the people of God who regularly come together to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Listen in and have your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Previous bad experiences. And you know what? And some, and I can understand some people saying that because they say, you know what? I have better times with, with my friends that, that don't know Jesus. They know how to laugh with me. They can smoke. They can drink. We can cuss. We don't even fall out. As a matter of fact, we too high to fall out. <laughs> but when I come to church, they roll their eyes. They look at me like I got spinach on me. Look like I've been baptized in lemon juice. Ah, uh, I'm tired of these bad experiences. When bad things happen in your family, hopefully you don't just leave your family, but many do. Satan deceives believers into thinking that all churches are the same. You go to one church, it's bad. Go, go on, go to another. You go to that one, it's bad. Go to back. Keep going. God is getting you somewhere. Trust God and keep moving. Move, 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 move. Hey, glory! The Lord has led me in a place that's meeting my need. Now, wherever you go, it's not going to be a perfect church. It's not going to be a perfect choir. It's not going to be a perfect pastor. As a matter of fact, if the church is all in, when you get there, it's going to be imperfect because you just arrived. Okay? No perfect church. We have perfect God, but imperfect people. And the reason we're here today, because all of us are trying to get it right with the help of God and his word through the Holy Spirit's enablement. Amen. Amen. So they have so many bad experiences until they conclude, why even go? A couple more of these and then I'll transition. Number five, uh, many believers don't want to go to church because of not wanting to be held accountable. They want to be accountable. Many saints are satisfied living at the level of mediocrity. They are content with a substandard spirituality. (laughs) They are not trying to take their spiritual walk with Christ to another level. They have been deceived into thinking that if they are not present to hear the word of God in the assembly of believers, they are somehow not accountable for their actions because they weren't there to hear the word. My friend, ignorance of God's law is no excuse. You are responsible for raising the spiritual bar in your own life. You are responsible for your personal growth. You are responsible for your spiritual maturity. Number six, why do saints not go to church? Because of family issues. 
Many stay home because of family issues such as sickness, depression, marital discord, struggling with rebellious children. They stay home because they just wore out with strife and tension, just to name a few. He said, I'm having so many problems at home, I can't even get to church. The scripture says in Psalms 107, verse 20a, he sent his word and healed them. Do you realize inherent in the word of God is healing? Did you hear what I just said? The word of God will heal depression. The word of God will, is able to revive your spirit. The word of God is able to encourage you. The word of God is able to, to strengthen you. The word of God is able to enable you. And the more issues you have, uh, that means even more so you need to be here because when you're disconnected from the body of believers, you can't hear the word like you're hearing now. He sent forth his word. And heal them. Beloved, healing comes from hearing and receiving the word of God. My friend, it is because of these family issues that you really need to be with the assembly of believers to receive the word of God, which of which provide assurance, comfort, and hope. Hope. Nobody hears without issues. We all got issues in our family. They, 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 they're just not talking about them. They got issues too. You're talking about your, they, they might not be talking, but they got more issues than you think. Matter of fact, you, if everybody really start talking, you go into shock and realize that your, I thought I had issues till I heard sister so-and-so. My friend, my friend, my friend, it is inexcusable for Christians not to be members and participate in the life of a local church. I say it again. It is inexcusable for Christians not to be members and participate in, in the life of a local church. From children on up. You, you're going to bring your children to church. Don't drop them off. The church is not some drop off program while you go down to North Star Mall and shop. The church is not a babysitting program so you can do your stuff while somebody take care of your children. That's the old time way. Chilling. I didn't say chitlins. I said chilling. You have to bring them when they're doing those speeches for Christmas and speeches for for Resurrection Sunday, uh, uh, the youth ministry, uh, the vibrancy of the youth ministry, and for more ranch retreat, summer retreat up in the hill country, and all these things, the math camp, the youth missions, and all these things we're doing for our children. I know you're tired, mom and daddy. I know you've had a hard day's work. But listen, it's worth it to lay that spiritual foundation and legacy upon what your children can build. If they have nothing, this world is going to wipe them out and you're going to deeply regret. You get the first opportunity to inculcate spiritual principles of life and spirituality in your children. If you miss it, Satan is ready to take up Every, he's ready to do everything he can to divide your children and do what you should have done. But he's going to do it an evil way because he wants to wipe your children out, put them on drugs and opium, drive them crazy and, and just have them all over the place. Have them out being bullies and, and all, all kinds of things. Well, what is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of the church? Let me just give you a few and then we'll stop. 
because you can't take too much. So you got to come back next Sunday. Uh, now you come back next Sunday. Don't let this message scare you away. What is the purpose of the church? Number one, the purpose of the church is found in actually, uh, actually Acts 2.42. You can get purposes of the church. In Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. You can underline that. And to the fellowship, underline that. And to the breaking of bread, you can underline that. And to prayer. That's, look, the purpose is right there. This is just one of many passages. In Ephesians, uh, uh, in Acts, I'm sorry, Acts 2.42 gives us the purposes of the church. So let's just break each one of these down. We see the purpose of the church. We said we see teaching, which is doctrine. We see fellowship. We see breaking of bread and we see prayer all inherent in that scripture of Acts 2.42. Let's look at the, the first purpose of the church to teach biblical doctrine, to teach biblical doctrine. The church is to teach sound biblical doctrine. Doctrine means teaching so we can be grounded in our faith. You know, I'm not to get up here and give you little sermonettes. That makes Christianettes. If you want me to preach five minutes, a little dab's going to do you. You might as going down the street. I'm not a 10 minute putting little icing on the cake kind of preacher. I'm going to preach until you get mad. Then we, after you get mad, I'm going to preach until you get glad. Okay, all right, that's my job. I love you too much. Your blood is not going to be on my hand. I'm responsible for dispensing to you sound biblical doctrine so that you can survive in these latter evil day day times in which we live. Ephesians 4.14 tells us, then we will no longer be infants. No longer be infants. Some of you still babies. It's It's nothing like having 40, 50, 60s, and even 70-year-old babies in the Lord's house. I mean, you're 70 years old and you're still not out of babyhood. That's, that's a shame. Toss back and forth by the waves and blown here and there. Back and forth, here and there. Back and forth, here and there. By every wind of doctrine. You go there. Ooh, that sounds kind of good. And you go there, somebody knock on your door. That sounds kind of good. Jehovah Witnesses knock on your door. Now that sounds kind of good. The more, here come the Mormons. Now that sounds kind of good. Now here come the Muslims. Now that, listen, if everything's good, that means somebody's spiritually illiterate and just don't know any better. You're tossed around by every wind and doctrine here and there. Uh, by the cunning and craftiness of men, men who are dressed up, look good, got a good talk, good rap, can say it in a unique, unique, unusual way, very charismatic, but they are deceitful and they are scheming and their aim and purpose is to wipe you out and to hook you in and to lock you in and you are in bondage to bad theology and doctrine and don't even know it. There are many wolves in sheep clothing out there. As human beings, we can come up with countless reasons to neglect our church attendance. And as he continues today's message, Pastor Rander addresses several of them. We cannot afford to give Satan a stronghold in this area of our lives. We must not be negligent in our church attendance. The enemy will cause all kinds of distractions. And all we have to do is look to our all-powerful God to defeat him every time. 
and we'll reap rewards for our determination and faithfulness. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Another reason of purpose of the church in this text is uh, in Acts 2.42 is to provide a place for fellowship. The word, the word fellowship in the text. Fellowship for believers. To provide a place for fellowship for believers. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia, which means partnering or sharing things in common with one another. I say it again. The Greek word for fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, which means partnering are sharing things in common with one another. Believers in Christ are to come together. We come together to fellowship in love, to fellowship in the unity of faith, to fellowship and encourage one another, being united as one in spirit and purpose. Also, the church is to be a place of fellowship where Christians can be devoted to one another and honor each other. How does the church exemplify this? How does the church fellowship genuinely? What, what is, how do you put this cornonia, this fellowship in action? How does it function within the context of the church? Let me give you something to hang on. Romans 12.10. Here's how we're to function. Romans 12.10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Uh, in honor, giving preference to one another. Okay? The church is to instruct one another. Romans 15, 14, which says, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to also admonish one another. The church is to be kind and compassionate to one another. It's not to be a mean-spirited, nasty church. Uh, The church is to be kind and compassionate and forgiving of one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, and be kind to one another. Don't hold grudges. Don't be mean. Don't hold stuff back since 1952. You're to be tenderhearted, not hard-hearted. You're to be forgiving of one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you, that's why you forgive. You're to forgive others because you've been forgiven. And, and if you want to be forgiven in the future, you must forgive others. Don't expect God to forgive you if you won't forgive somebody who's hurt or wronged you. Huh? The functionality of the church is to, is to encourage one another. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, comfort each other and edify, build up one another just as you also are doing. And most importantly, love one another. You don't roll your eyes and here she comes. You don't walk around the other aisle. You see the person, but you're you're willfully being evasive. That is not of Christ. You don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. You don't walk around in an eternal pity party. Uh, 1 John 3, 11 says, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We are mandated to love one another. You're obligated to love me. I'm obligated to love you. We're obligated according to the word of God to love one another. In a world filled with hate, in a world filled with injustice, in a world filled with racial prejudice, the church must set the standards as to what it means to possess selfless, Christ-like love which seeks the highest good of others. My friends, if genuine love is not on display in the Lord's church, then where can people find it? 
If they can't find genuine, agape, Christ-like, selfless, authentic love, the, the love of God toward each other and humanity, if they can't see it here, where, oh, where can they find it? Another purpose of the church is to observe the Lord's Supper. The church is to be a place where believers come together to observe the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It is a command. Uh, taking the sacrament, sacraments is a command. The Eucharist, that's another word for the Lord's Supper. The Eucharist is a command. We are mandated to gather ourselves together in the unity of the spirit to remember our Lord's life, his birth, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and it's coming back again. He says, you do this in remembrance of me. It is not an option. It's not about your feelings. You do it because I told you to do it and you do it with the right spirit in joy. Verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new test is the new covenant in my blood here it is again this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me now some of y'all can remember old movies you can remember mess but can you remember what jesus did when he shed his blood for you some of y'all remembering the wrong stuff that's why you're in a hot mess you ought to remember that you redeemed you ought to remember that you've been bought with a price. You ought to remember that you sanctified. You ought to remember that you justified. That's what you ought to remember. Verse 26, as for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, how many of you believe Jesus is coming back again? Both my hands. How many of you believe he's coming? You know without a doubt he's coming back again. Well, then you ought to be taking the elements, the supper. We ought to be remembering his death, burial, and resurrection till he comes. And we're going to be doing that next Sunday morning in our 10 o'clock service. The house ought to be overflowing with people. Whether we do it morning or night, you ought to be here when it's inconvenient and convenient. A purpose of the church, according to Acts 2.42, is to pray. Another purpose of the church is to pray. The purpose of the church, according to Acts 2.42, is to pray. The church is to be a place that teaches prayer, practices prayer, and promotes prayer. Okay? The church is to be a place, the house of God is to be a place where we teach prayer, practice prayer, and promote prayer. Acts 4.31 says, and when they had prayed, look at that. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together. Look at the churches assembled together. The, the, the place was shaken. Shaken. The, the prayer, prayer moved the whole building. Moved the foundation. The whole place started rumbling. Why? Because God's people were praying. I tell you, when you pray, God will shake some things off of you. 
That's right. When you pray, God will loose shackles and set you free. When you pray, God will break bondages. When you pray, God will lift depression. When you pray, God will revive your spirit. When you pray, God will give you the will of God for your life for this season in your life. When you pray, God will give you a breakthrough. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. You better learn to pray yourself before trouble, pray in trouble, and pray and thank God after you come out of trouble. You better pray. I like that old song that says, I need the Lord to guide me every day while I travel along this narrow way. Though affliction press my soul, I'm determined to reach my goal. I've got to have Jesus because I just can't make it by myself. Every day I pray, pray, pray every day. I pray and that's the Lord. Jesus, don't you leave me by myself? No, 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 no. Every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, through the years, come what may, I've got to have Jesus because I just can't make it by myself. Do I have any witnesses here? How you? How many of you know that you know you know you need God and you cannot make it by yourself? And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the early church. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Listen, when you pray, God will give you boldness to say no to that person that's trying to get you to have sex and you're not married to him. He'll give you boldness. He gives you boldness to do the right thing when everybody else is telling you to do the wrong thing. He gives you boldness. He gives you boldness to stand up for what is right and not compromise your integrity. Uh, he'll give you a holy boldness, the like of which you've never seen. That boldness is so critical in the times of what in the times of which we live. Listen, I have to have a holy boldness to preach like this. This church didn't get to this level by me being a wimp. I can't be a scary face. You know, I've, I've seen some ugly faces look at me and they frown at me. And look like, I, I thought I had some on me to look at me so crazy. Listen, you better learn to start smiling at me. Because when you start frowning, I just preach harder. That's all I do. I'm too old to be scared of your faces. I'm going to preach. They asked me today, we had a pastor's forum. They talked about retirement. I said, what retirement? I said, I'll retire when I'm, uh, I hope I don't get Alzheimer's. I'll retire when I'm disabled. I'll retire when I physically can't or something happened traumatic in my family. We just can't go any further uh, or when God retires me. And yeah, Moses didn't start till he was 80. I'm 65. I think I got a little more time. Caleb said at 85, give me this mountain. Do I have a witness here? Uh, but besides, I don't know of one retired demon. Well, I don't know. I don't know one, a third of heaven fell, and I don't know how many that is. It's millions, and not one of they just as active today as when they first fell out of heaven. I'm not retired to go to some golf court with all this hell going on. I better preach. I better preach. I better preach. People tell me, you still preaching? I say, are folks still sinning? As long as they're sinning, I'm going to be preaching. 
I'm going to preach my way to heaven, so help me God. And all God's children said, I better preach. Preach till hell trembles. Preach till heaven rejoices. Preach till souls get saved. Preach till folk come crying, what must I do to be saved? And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. Can you say hallelujah? And Father, we thank you for this message. First of a series. Oh God, how do we need, we really need a series like this. So many saints are way off the mark and don't even know it. They go from church to church, can't make their mind up, can't be still, always moving, just can't get rooted. They can't be like my mom and dad that had been to the same church for 55 years, even through hardships and trials. They still there. And now, now they're 86 years old. God, we're in such a transient society where people don't want, they don't want membership. They don't want accountability. We are a non-compliant society. And everybody want to do what is right in their own eyes. I pray that they let go of themselves and surrender and come to Jesus. Even now, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, you don't know Jesus. The Bible says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You must have the life of God living in your soul. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, you're headed to a Christless, Christless eternity without God, without hope, burning and never be consumed in pain and anguish, a memory of every opportunity you had to come to Christ, but you procrastinated and let it go. Pastor Rander concludes part one of this message with the question, what is the purpose of the church? Listen to his God-inspired answers and reflect on this. God gave his son to pay the penalty for our sin. Then he took his rightful place with his father in heaven. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, God has empowered us as Christians to be his representatives here on earth until he returns. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.